0: The Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department held a press conference, uh, sorry, a news conference this morning. This news conference incorporates radio, television, digital, a press conference. Is just That's just newspapers, right? Anyway, but I still say press conference, and everybody does. But anyway, point here is that uh, they were supposed to do this briefing later in the day, but then the vice president, Kamala Harris, sorry, Kamala Harris, or Madam Vice President to you, Um She's appearing in Charlotte. She's going to be going to, was it Eastway Middle School, I think, or something. She's going to talk about crime. I'm old enough to remember when you would go to a high school to talk about crime. But, you know, the times, they are changing. So you go to the middle schools now, I guess, to talk about the crime. And uh, I don't know why she chose Charlotte. I'm sure the Charlotte leaders are very happy, but also kind of not happy. (laughs) Like, hey, let's go to Charlotte and talk about Crime. No, I think they're going to talk about like all of the good stuff, the programs that they're uh, that they're funding. And we all know for Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, uh, the funding is really what earns you the virtue. Right. Just saying you're going to throw some money at a problem means you care more about the problem uh, than somebody else who says, I disagree with that funding. I disagree with that program. They obviously want uh, the youths to commit the crimes. Um, So Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police had to move up their press conference a couple hours earlier. So they did it this morning at 9.30. Ran about an hour. You can actually find um, the entire uh, presentation on the YouTube. CMPD has a YouTube channel. They live-streamed it, so I watched it. I pulled some of the audio. I I read through their report as they were going through it, their PowerPoint presentation with all of the data and the statistics and such. And here's the headline. Overall, crime is up, but homicides are down. So it's all about, you know, where you want to focus. Two consecutive years, violent crime has dropped until now. Okay, so in 2021, it went down. In 2022, it went down. Violent crime. See, these are different, like, uh, property crimes, which, by the way, if you've ever been the victim of a property crime, you can probably attest that they can they can be kind of violent, too. But there's property and personal crime, right? Bodily crime. So there are all sorts of ways that you can dissect the stats. Um, let me start here with some audio. This is, first up, uh, Lieutenant uh, Kevin Petrus. I believe is his name, and uh, he's in the, I guess, the the comms department at uh, uh, CMPD doing the communications work. So he kind of was the the master of ceremonies of the presentation. He brought various other majors and then the chief up and they would make comments and the like. So uh, he provides us with the first uh, installment here. This is the uh, overview.
1: In 2023, Charlotte experienced an overall crime increase
0: of 14%. This overall increase was fueled largely by a property crime increase of 17%. However, violent crime stayed flat compared to 2022, meaning there was no change. CMPD handled more than 1 million 911 calls for service, which is a 6% increase from 2022, and over 4 uh, I'm sorry, 534,000 police interactions, which is also an increase that is 12% increase over 2022. Okay, so as you have more interactions with law enforcement, right? That's you would theoretically expect to see more crimes being reported. You have more people moving into the city and into the jurisdiction, CMPD patrols. So you would expect there to be more cases, right? So you got to look at the 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 cases per 100,000, track it like that, because look, they're saying violent crime remains flat. And that's not really true. If you look at just straight up the numbers, violent crime actually went up. But you've got more people. So the number of violent crimes... In 2023, last year, 7,221, okay? That is eight more than the previous year, 7,213, okay? So they're calling it flat, and I would agree with that assessment. We got more people, but technically, the violent crime number went up, okay? Homicides dropped year to year, dropped from 107 down to 95, so we're back under 100 murders, um aggravated assaults that that went up by like 200 rapes went down by about 40 from 286 to 244 armed robberies went down from about 1400 down to 1300 residential burglaries dropped less than 100 from over 2 grand to just under 2 grand so that that's kind of flat residential burglaries um Vehicle thefts, I think that's yeah, it's pretty close, but it so, okay, in, in 2022, it went from just under 3,700, 3,700, okay? Two years ago, it was 3,700. And last year, it went from 3,700 to 8,000, <laughs> 8,000. That seems like a lot. We also had an explosion of about a thousand extra larcenies from automobiles. That means what people stealing stuff from the cars, right? Smashing the windows or opening the car doors because people are like, I never had to lock my doors. Like, well, yeah, you do now. Okay. Lock your doors. Unless, okay. Unless you've got a soft top convertible or Jeep or something, then don't lock those doors. But also don't keep your gun or laptop in the, in the vehicle, right? If you've got a soft top, Convertible, Jeep, whatever, you should not be keeping anything valuable in that vehicle and you don't lock the doors. Because if you lock the doors, then they just cut open your ragtop and that thing costs like hundreds of dollars to replace. And so uh, that's why people don't ever lock those doors. But everybody else should be locking their doors. Okay. um Property crimes exploded, went from about 3,300, sorry, 33,000, it went from almost 33,000 to over 38,000. So those were the large drivers in, no pun intended, in the crime increase. Right? Property crimes, and that's largely driven by the explosion in vehicle thefts. This is the Hyundai and Kia challenge stuff. And the perpetrators are juveniles. Juveniles. And the police chief and one of his officers talked about uh, some of the Uh, legislative responses to calls for reform that might need to be reassessed, specifically the raise the age legislation that was passed several years ago. We were like the last state in the country to do it. And I, uh, guys, I I think there may have been some unintended consequences. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking at the numbers here. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials camping and hiking supplies even because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Over the past year, the the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department said overall crime across the city increased by 14%. Police say that rise is largely due to a 17% increase in property crime. Violent crime was stagnant, staying essentially flat uh, year to year. WBTV reports that police say shootings rose by 7% from 2022 to 2023. That contributed to a 3% increase in aggravated assaults. A trend that saw a major increase was the amount of juveniles arrested. That is what is driving a lot of these numbers. Here is uh, CMPD Chief Johnny Jennings.
1: Crime, overall crime is up, and we certainly aren't where we want to be. But I do want to consider this, that for since I've been the police chief in 2020, uh, my focus has been on the reduction in management of violent crime. And if we go back the last couple of years, violent crime in 2021 was down an overall 7%. Violent crime in twenty twenty two was down an additional five percent. So when we talk about this year being flat, we still wanted another reduction. and unfortunately we didn't we didn't get that. Uh, however, uh, the fact that we have been down the last two years, and then on top of that, this year we have not seen uh, any significant increase, uh, I think is 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 a testament to the work that our men and women do every single day. Uh, As Lieutenant Petrus also mentioned, uh, property crime being such a challenge for us. Property crime was driven so much by the auto thefts, uh, particularly when we talk about the Hyundai and Kia uh, auto theft strings that we've been seeing across the country, not just uh, isolated here in Charlotte-Mecklenburg, but also across the country and some of the challenges that my colleagues in other major cities have been dealing with uh, and have seen it probably far worse than what we've even seen it here in Charlotte. Um, The Hyundai Kia Kia thefts and auto thefts and larceny from autos have mainly been driven by juveniles and young adults. And that's an issue. Uh, We have significant issues dealing with the juveniles that feel like that it's a game to go out and steal a vehicle. Uh, Or it's, uh, it's fun to go out and break into cars and steal items from inside of cars. And that re- the increase that we've seen as a result of that has been detrimental to our efforts in managing crime.
0: All right. He says uh, that the police have seen an increase of 120 percent in auto thefts. Juvenile suspects represent 68 percent of arrests in those cases.
1: The legislation has passed for the Pretrial Integrity Act that ensures that people who are committing violent acts amongst our citizens and praying uh, amongst our community, are going to be held accountable to have to go in front of a judge in order to get a bond set. Uh, I think that's a huge success for us and a step in the right direction. Uh, But there needs to be more accountability. Uh, Although we talk about accountability from the magistrate's office, uh, we also have to look at accountability across the entire criminal justice system.
0: By the way, yesterday when we were talking about this with Speaker of the House Tim Moore, who was in town to discuss... uh, the crime issue with uh, the Charlotte City Councilman Tark Bakari, as well as the mayor. I saw a photo that was posted up by Tark Bakari of uh, Mayor Lyles was there. Um, I believe there were a couple other uh, local officials, Democrat officials. Uh, there was a, a state lawmaker, John Bradford, was there as well. He's a Republican, and they're you know they're trying to find legislative and policy answers to uh, some of these questions, and uh, you know this is. The, the I was told that one of the uh, suggested solutions that came out of the show yesterday was um, scorecards or report cards for judges, for, uh, for magistrates and the like. And I, I can tell you that Councilman Bakari said that that was one of the issues that they did discuss. That idea is on the table, at least it was yesterday. This is Major Ryan Butler. Uh, He is out of the Patrol uh, Northwest Service area, um, and he's talking about juvenile-related property crimes driven by massive surges in auto thefts, and uh, those auto thefts are being... So you got the property crimes being driven by auto thefts, and those auto theft numbers are being driven by juveniles.
2: This past year, we saw a 17% increase in property crime. That increase was mainly fueled by a 120% surge in auto thefts. In fact, if our auto thefts had stayed flat with 2022 numbers continuing into 2023, the city of Charlotte would have only experienced a 4% increase in property crime instead of a 17% increase. Last year alone, more than 8,000 vehicles were reported stolen in the city of Charlotte. To break that down, that's the equivalent of 22 vehicles being stolen every single day. That's a staggering number.
0: I feel like I'm not doing my part. These car
2: thefts are not a new
0: issue. I haven't stolen anything. And
2: much of it traces back to the Kia Hyundai social media challenge we've discussed previously that started in the summer of 2022. We're seeing the majority of car thefts being committed by teenagers. Juveniles account for 68% of all auto theft arrests. Kia and Hyundai thefts make up the majority of our total auto thefts at 67%. We've been partnering with residents and community organizations to reduce these theft opportunities. Our officers have handed out over 1,500 steering wheel locks to Kia and Hyundai owners. Our officers continue to work tirelessly to investigate auto thefts to recover the vehicles and to locate the suspects from these thefts. In 2023, CMPD recovered 62% of all stolen vehicles and made more than 1,200 total auto theft arrests.
0: He says that um, these teenagers, when they start off with the the auto theft, it also leads to more what he called sinister crimes.
2: On December 28th of 2023 in the University City Division, one of our juvenile offenders, a 15-year-old with 13 arrests, including five for auto theft, led officers on a chase where he drove in excess of hundred miles per hour. Four other juvenile offenders were in the car. When arrested, officers found five firearms in that vehicle. One of the suspects had recently cut off his electronic monitor and was wanted for a recent violent offense. On May 12th in the Central Division, a 15-year-old juvenile offender who's been charged 48 times in 2023 after being released from a youth development center, crashed a stolen car after fleeing officers, he was arrested and found with two firearms on his person. That 15-year-old was arrested 17 times for stealing cars this past year and was found with a firearm every single time he was arrested. That individual currently does not have a secure custody order. On November 16th in the Hickory Grove Division, 16-year-old juvenile offender with 30 charges in 2023 was arrested for armed robbery where he drove a stolen vehicle into an apartment complex robbed and assaulted a woman and took her property there were three other juveniles accompanying this suspect we have endless examples like these if you add up all the charges for our three most prolific juvenile offenders in 2023 it would equal 122 crimes that's just 2023 numbers As a society, we have to ask ourselves, how do we allow this to happen? Why are these juveniles, who have shown no remorse or willingness to change, released back into the very communities that they continue to prey upon? Juvenile crime is an issue we've warned the community about at every one of our quarterly press briefings in 2023. It has gained new attention following the New Year's Eve incident uptown, but it isn't just an issue uptown. It's impacting the entire city. And if you look beyond that, the entire state. The Raise the Age law that was implemented in 2019 has created a substantial challenge for law enforcement in providing public safety. Before the law went into effect, 16 and 17-year-olds were treated the same in the criminal justice system as someone who was 18 or older. If they committed a misdemeanor a felony a crime, they were taken to jail, processed, went before a judge or a magistrate for terms of release to be, uh, to be established under-raise the age, 16 and 17 year olds rarely go to jail other than for driving offenses. If They commit a misdemeanor or felony crime. They're arrested as a juvenile. And what happens next or what doesn't happen next is important. The vast majority of juveniles who are arrested are simply released back to their parent or guardian. Only a very small number of juveniles receive a secure custody order through the Department of Juvenile Justice, meaning that we take them to a juvenile detention facility. Here's an additional example. We've changed the name of the juvenile. We'll call him Matt Roberts. Matt was found in possession of a stolen vehicle. Officers pulled him over and found a handgun in his waistband with an extended magazine. In a book bag inside the car near him, officers located an additional firearm and marijuana that was packaged for sale. During the investigation, officers ended up going back to his residence and conducting a search of his room. In the room, they found additional drugs and two other firearms that had been modified to be fully automatic. Before Ray's the age, Matt Roberts would have been arrested, taken to jail, and processed. Under the current law, Matt Roberts could not be taken to jail because he's 17 years old. In this real-life case, the Department of Juvenile Justice declined to issue a secure custody order for this juvenile. That means he was simply released back to his parent or guardian. This happens all the time. Whether juveniles committing property crime or violent crime, they need to be held accountable for their actions. Under the current laws, there is neither enough deterrence nor corrective action for these crimes. These juveniles and their parents have public anonymity, reducing the ability for law enforcement agencies to share information with each other, for us to share information with communities, and for us to share information with our media partners to focus on public safety concerns. Until something changes, we're going to continue to see our Charlotte citizens preyed upon by a group of juveniles who don't fear repercussions for their actions. That is what our officers and our communities are up against. CMPD will continue to do its part, but we need changes, whether that's through the legislature or the judicial system or community outcry.
0: Are you hearing the alarms? They are sounding. Those are alarms sounding. CMPD is telling you something, lawmakers. CMPD is telling you something, city council members. The unintended ramifications of the raise the age law, unintended as they may have been, but also completely predictable by some, are being felt community-wide. And while the vice president is here in town pitching more gun laws, they don't matter one bit if people get to break those laws with impunity and suffer zero ramifications for it. The raise the age law that was adopted as part of a raft of you know criminal justice reforms because they're only babies. Their brains aren't fully formed. And so you can't incarcerate them. The secure custody orders that magistrates are not issuing because they're only babies. They don't even have fully formed brains. Oh, but yes, go ahead and chop off some body parts. That's totally fine, too. Anyway, um, these are the two main issues driving the rise in juvenile crime that the cops are seeing. There's no ramifications, right? No punishments. They've got, I mean, these guys got stacks of charges against them. Now, Chief Johnny Jennings said that this is not a knock on the Department of Juvenile Justice or the Raise the Age or any specific piece of legislation or legislators.
1: You have to be accountable for the crime that you committed. And let's stop making excuses for those who are committing criminal activities over and over again. If incarceration is the answer, then let it be the answer. If rehabilitation is the answer, then let it be rehabilitation. But there has to be a lot of a lot more people smarter than me and smarter than anyone in this room that will have answers to how do we make sure that we steer juveniles into the right direction once they commit crimes?
0: Right, it can't all be carrots, right? It can't all be carrots. You got to have some sticks. There's got to there's got to be if you're offering up like somebody's broken the law and you're offering up a, a response it can't all be diversion programs because then that is seen as the more onerous the 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 tougher penalty and if that's the quote tougher penalty then chances are they you know like okay well that's the worst that could happen okay trade off is fine by me i want to live thug life you know i want to i want to uh, be celebrated for criminality i want to show everybody how tough i am and so they're just going to keep doing it more and more and more because there's The incentive structure, I keep coming back to this. Look at the incentive structure. Is the juice worth the squeeze? And for these juveniles who have chosen a life of crime, it is. The juice is worth the squeeze for them because there isn't any more severe punishment that they're looking at, at least until they turn 18. And then Jennings talks about the Raise the Age legislation specifically. Here. We
1: also need to look at, we we heard some comments about Raise the Age. And uh, I'm not, again, n- I'm not a critic of Raise the Age. What I am thinking that needs to happen at this point is let's go back and look at Raise the Age and see if it's accomplishing what it, need, what it set out to accomplish in the first place. Mm-hmm. Or is it hindering us in our efforts to fight crime? And we have to be able to do an analysis and a deep dive into evaluation of that. And if it's not, then maybe we need to look back and, and, and figure something else out. But at this time, I can tell you, just based on the numbers and the increase that we're seeing, uh, it's something that needs to be certainly reevaluated. But at the same time, what needs to be reevaluated are the resources that are provided. You know, the when you talk about Department of Juvenile Justice in our court system, you know, what are the resources that they have? Do they have enough to be able to take on the influx of numbers that we're providing to them just from the police side?
0: Yeah, that's a fair question, too. Right. I will give uh, credit also to CMPD, their youth diversion program. This is for juveniles ages eight until 17. And they say they have diverted first time offenders from the criminal justice system towards rehabilitation courses and last year they had 444 participants in this program the youth diversion program and 95% of those kids did not reoffend yet oh i kid i kid but not really like we i would like to know what the long term trend line on that is so cuz that those are good numbers you put them into a diversion program 95% of them don't reoffend within the year cuz that's what we're talking about right within the year but what about kids that are in the diversion program from prior years do they end up reoffending 2 3 years down the road or something i would like i hope it is a successful program if like those are good numbers but i i, I don't know if i can trust them just yet Uh, They also talked about their anti-fentanyl awareness campaign that they uh, launched in the, I think it was the last quarter, fourth quarter. Uh, It referenced popular slang terms, so I didn't understand them. Um, And it targeted young people following the campaign's launch. Overall, overdose fatalities from fentanyl in Charlotte dropped by 33%. That's good, too. That's, That's a good stat. Lower overdose deaths, that's good, but... I also wonder is it partly due to uh, more access to the shots, the Narcan shots that will bring you back and start your heart pumping again? Because a lot of times these, a lot of people will be, they'll, they'll shoot up in pairs. So when one like dies, the other can jab them with the Narcan and then they switch roles. <laughs>